The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Hey, welcome to our party, folks. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting Weekly Garden Program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener, and I'm your host, Horticulture Stella Russian. Our program's producers are awesome, Java Chapman. The next hour or so, we're going to have fun getting dirty, just talking about garden. It's a live call-in program, folks. Got some cheesy music. Uh, got some emails, a uh, couple of events, but it's all about you and your garden. Don't care if you're dressed. Don't care if you're smart. Don't care if you just really don't care that much. If you've got a question or a comment about gardening, this is your chance to run it by other folks who just like to talk about gardening. Again, Horticulture Fellow Rushing here in Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're going to take some real quick break and come back and start getting dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture Rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening. Uh, Java, has it been raining? Have you been working really hard? Has it been raining? What's, what's going on in the Magnolia State? Well, it's funny that you say it rained because today, well, the past couple of days it's been raining, but last night and this morning it's been, been some heavy rain, so everything's soaked right now. Which is, you know, not great for some people, but for gardeners, Perfect, perfect, perfect. I had my, my daughter swing by the garden the other day to check on a few of my plants. I, I set some new plants out for springtime, a couple of vines, rare vines, some seeds I had started that I've gotten from some friends, some unusual vines. And uh, they, you know, they were starting to get a little bit, they could use a little help. My daughter went over and checked on She said they were fine and starting to rain, so I'm happy about that. But Hey, folks, if you want to give us a call, if you've got some things on your mind you'd like to, to chat about, if it's related to gardening, uh, I'll be glad to. I'm not a great gardener, pretty good gardener. I've got a, you know, I've had some success. I've had some miserable failures, but I've learned from those. And over the years, I've figured some stuff out that makes a lot of sense for people in the deep south. You know, it doesn't matter where I go in the world. I've been to five continents. I've visited community gardens, public gardens, private gardens, literally all over the world. And pretty much everybody does the same thing. They dig a hole, they put something in the green side up, and lots of variations on those things. Uh, but there are some, some changes in the kind of plants. Some of the things that will grow in Japan won't grow very well in Mississippi, but some that are native to Mississippi grow well in Japan and vice versa. Same thing with England and South America, Africa, California, wherever we go, we can find things in common. But uh, what we actually do very similar, no matter who you are, where you are, how much training you got, still digging a hole, putting something in it, trying to keep it alive till we get what we want out of it, which sometimes is just the satisfaction of watching it live. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Well, that's the toll-free number. 
I uh, would like to mention that I got a, an email this week from Stephen Duvall. Stephen Duvall emailed me with a picture of his first tomato of the season, first ripe tomato of the season. And he also thanked me for helping him turn part of his lawn into a garden. You know, I love lawns. I'm a lawn guy. I've studied turf management, been working with it for lots and lots of years. But some folks just don't want to do that for whatever reason. And I'm okay with that. If you want to have a perfect lawn, you want to have a golf course in your front yard, I can help you. But if you just want to mow what grows, I can help with that too because either way works, uh, depending on what your neighbors think. But if you want to get rid of it all together and just have shrubs and flowers and trees and walkways and maybe some vegetables and herbs and stuff, I can help with that too. does not matter to me. My agenda is not your agenda. So whatever you want to do, whichever way you want to go, give us a call. Toll free, one eight seven seven. MPB ring. I and mean, congratulations, Stephen. First tomato, red ripe tomato I've seen from the season. So, um, also, I want to uh, thank the folks up in Holmes County, the Holmes County Herald newspapers, uh, the latest of the, uh, the weekly and the daily newspapers around the state, carried my column. Uh, they're all members of the Mississippi Press Association. Sorry, folks down in Alabama and Tennessee and Arkansas and, and Louisiana, but Mississippi Press Association sends my weekly columns out to any of the newspapers that want to carry it. And um, if there's some things that uh, you see in your paper that you'd like me to write about, shoot me an email. Be real glad to help out. And by the way, not only is our toll-free number 1-877-MPB-RING, but our email is garden at mpbonline.org. Now, last week when we were here, we ran out of time and didn't get a chance to uh, chat with with uh, a late caller from Memphis named Kate. Kate, if you're listening, give us another shot at it because we got plenty of time this morning. Um, we'd like to mention this past week I attended another of the Royal Horticulture Society flower shows. This is at a place called Chatsworth. It's in the Peaks District, which is mountainous and caves and waterfalls and cliffs and stuff like that. But Chatsworth is one of the oldest estate gardens in the country. Uh, its, its owner is one of the founders of the Royal Horticulture Society, a beautiful estate garden. Uh, they've got a fountain with a water, a cascading waterfall that is over, over 300 years old. Just their fountain is over 300 years old. Uh, but they don't have a lot of contemporary stuff, a lot of, a lot of modern herbs and vegetables and flowers grown in little small raised beds and containers, ideas that even folks with little tiny little terrace backyard uh, can, can grow themselves. So uh, one of the, the things that was real trendy at the uh, Royal Hort Society shows this year. Uh, we've seen a lot more gardening for wildlife, more flowering plants for, for pollinators, uh, and stumps. Almost all the gardens have an area in it that includes two or three or more big stumps planted fairly close together. I say planted because it's partly in and partly out of the ground with all sorts of ferns and other woodland plants around it. But stumperies, are kind of interesting for people who have difficult-to-garden areas, under shade trees, on a slope, uh, any place where it's hard to grow other stuff. You could put two or three or four really nice stumps or logs stood up or laid strategically, plant all sorts of stuff around it, and it actually looks good. It changes every year, but it looks good. That's a real good habitat for all sorts of wildlife. So there's a lot of benefits for having a little, what they call a stumpery, if you're not quite sure what a stumpery would look like, a really simple one or a really elaborate one, if you go to my blog, um, it's online. I don't sell anything. If you want to go to 
felderrushing.blog, or just Google Felder Rushing and blog, and I click on the thing called Stumperies. They're uh, pretty interesting little things that um, I think you might find some, some, some interest. Something for, for everybody there. Uh, and again, if you want to give us a call today, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Be glad to chat with you about anything that's on your garden mind. If you want to just give us a call. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I planted before I left to go to these flower shows overseas, um, I planted a few little herbs, a few little hardy summer plants that don't need a bunch of care. I mean, if I'm not going to be there a whole lot, I'm going to try my best to not do a lot of stuff that. Plant a lot of stuff that requires pruning or spraying or watering if I can help it. And over the years, I've come up with some pretty good ideas of plants that grow well in the sun or the shade or even in containers. Uh, I grow a whole lot of what they call succulents. Now, succulents, think cactus, think uh, plants with juicy, thick leaves. Uh, indoor plants, uh, you know, the mother-in-law talking the fancy there, or jade plant. Those are succulents. But I grow all sorts of succulents outside, uh, agaves. A lot of different kind of sedums. As a matter of fact, um, the, the uh, top flower, uh, the top plant at this year's Chatsworth Flower Show is a, a new type of sedum with golden derogation on it. But I grow sedums because they don't need a bunch of care. They're interesting. Some are upright. Some are cascading. Some have green leaves. Some have got variegated leaves or purple leaves or golden leaves. But all of them have flowers different times of the year. And the important thing is, there's enough variety where you put two or three different ones in one pot, and they look great together. It looks like a regular little garden, but they all bring different things to the table. They look different. They flower different. All of them are very, very easy to grow. easy to grow from cuttings or even from leaves. So succulents like sedums, uh, jade, uh, agaves, things like that are really, really trendy, just like we've been growing them ourselves. Matter of fact, the first time I remember... And I, I try to go back from time to time in my memory. The first time I remember someone giving me a plant, I mean, just giving me a plant to be mine, was a cactus from a garden center up in Indianola in the Delta from a, a woman named Betty Pearson, who uh, she and her husband uh, owned a place called Pearson Nursery, and I was in the fifth grade, which made me, what, 10 years old, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to... Uh, uh, to, I, I want to do a, a school project, and she just gave me a cactus. First one I'd ever, ever had. So I'll do it. Let's take a real quick break. We've got some callers on the line, and uh, we're going to take a real, real quick break and come back with more of the Salt Gardener. If you'd like to give us a call, the lines are open. We've got one caller on the line and a chat with her. But it's toll-free, 1-877-MTB-RING. It uh, doesn't matter where you are, if you're listening and it's live, not just on the podcast, give us a call and we'll talk about what's going on or not in your own garden. Again, Horticulture Cell Rushing, me and Java Chapman and the folks at MPB, take a real quick break and come back, talk them gardening here in the Gestalt Gardener every Friday and Saturday. We'll be right back. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture Field of Rushing. And uh, once again, even though it's the wrong season of this, I want to thank all the folks who support MPB through uh, uh, becoming members of the MPB. It really, really helps out. We got some new equipment that makes this thing sound so much better. And But to, to me, the best sound of all is talking to real gardeners about real gardening. We're going to go up to Memphis, Tennessee, and talk with Kay. Hey, Kay, thank you for holding. How are you, lady? Hey, 
I'm fine. This time I made sure I got in first. You reprimanded me last time for waiting to the last minute. Well, well you know, we, we ain't got but so much time, and then we gotta move we gotta move over the next people. I was just informed that I could only talk to you about one thing, but I'm a sustaining member, have been for years, and I'm gonna talk to you about two things. Okay, I sound I'm I'm pleased with you. <laughs> what? One thing that reminded me, you were talking about the first plant you ever got. I still, uh-huh. I, my first one, I was in the hospital with ruptured appendix, blah, 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 when I was 11 years old. And someone gave me this little ceramic duck with a cactus in it. And I still uh-huh. have that little duck. So anyway, <laughs> you know. Oh, well, that's funny, thing, you and I both. Yeah. The main thing is I finally found a home for my naked ladies. Oh, I have over one. I have over one hundred of them, of all sizes. You, and Lichterman, is not having another sale. But you, I wound up with someone who knows you, and you probably know him, Rick. Who's uh, that? Rick Pudmore. I know. I've known Rick for a long, long time, and he will put yeah, those things to good use. He will put them to great a, use. Yeah, he's at the Memphis Botanic Garden. Right. Right. And he's coming and he'll down put them next, to great he, use. Yeah, he's coming down next week to pick them up. Right now, he is in New York helping his mom celebrate her 94th birthday. So, anyway. <laughs> well, that is, that's real sweet. Now, these are the pink naked ladies, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. They, they, what do they usually not, bloom for you? They, I, I didn't realize how long they'd been there until I found a, a crape myrtle that had come up over them. And I was ready to get my chainsaw and cut that down to get the balls out from under it. But, but I, finally, I finally managed with my limb loppers and a few other things. I managed to get the balls out from under it. Okay. Well, that, that is yeah, great. I, I, there's one thing that you mentioned last time. I thought I heard you say something about a monkey grass that is a narrow-bladed, I'm not talking about Mondo, it's regular-sized monkey grass, but the blades are narrower, and it's a spreading kind. Is there such a thing? Well, there, there is. There's, you know, there, there are two main kinds of monkey grass, the Mondo grass, and then the, what we call, some people say Liriope, or some people say Liriope, but the, the big monkey grass, and there's two main kinds of that, the kind that stays in a clump, and the kind that runs. And the one that runs has got smaller leaves in the clump forming. I mean, they're still long, but they're not quite as thick. And it's just a generic green. I inherited this when we moved here 40 something years ago. It was in under some old shrubbery when my husband put the our chain on it and hooked it to the truck and pulled them out. We found all kinds of stuff that's hiding underneath those shrubs. But, but waiting, to, anyway. waiting to be freed up. Oh, yeah, and they've been freed all over the place. I am going to take, I don't know that anybody's going to want all these babies uh, of my of my bulbs. So if they, and I have some wounded ones, and I'm going to turn one of my four by eight foot garden beds into a nursery for them and um, maybe grow them up some. And uh, I don't want any, I, do you know I have 96 feet of flower beds? Wow, wow, that's a lot. Well, sound like, sound, for sound me, like for me, got, I'm an old woman, now, you know. I'm, well, sound like, I, sound like you've got your work cut out for you. The 80s Hello. is a bad time because everybody's dying in their 80s. I want to get to the 80s. <laughs> well, listen, we, Kate, Kate I hate to say this. I've got to let you go. I've got to let you go. 
Thank you. Bye. Thank you for your call. Appreciate right, it. Bye. And uh, I, I'm glad she's giving the, donating those bulbs to Rick Pudwell there at the Botanic Garden. Uh, naked ladies, by the way, Lycoris squamagera, those that have big leaves in the wintertime, dies down. And then in late June, July, early August, somewhere around in there, depending where you are, they send up these knee-high stalks with big pink flowers on it, no leaves at all. Uh, some people call them surprise lilies or magic lilies, but universally they're called naked ladies. Uh, now let's go over to Starkville. Shirley, thank you for holding. How are you doing? I'm good, Felder. Uh, thank What's you for your program. Sure. Okay, so I'm ecstatic about my first ripen, buying ripened tomatoes on my oh, tomato boy. plant, despite the fact that we had all the dry weather. So I think uh, they'll do even better now that we have some rain water. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. other the, uh, the other thing you mentioned, uh, being away for a time in the summer and something that uh -huh. will do well, um, when I went to Ghana for, uh, for two weeks um, and I came back in my, uh, my daylilies and my ornamental uh, sweet potato vines were driving well. And I think one of the reasons, uh, well, that and the... Um, Oh, there's one more. It'll come to me. Uh, but I think one of the reasons is that I uh, incorporated uh, peat moss into the soil uh, along with uh, organic humus and uh, triple 13 when I made my flower beds. And uh -huh. the, peat, the peat moss holds the moisture well. And believe it or not, when I got back from Ghana, it was hotter in Mississippi than it was in Accra, Ghana. So it wow. was July. Yeah. But uh, they uh, they thrived well. So. Well, when, when when you were in Ghana, did you make over to the Botanic Garden there? I, I forget the name of the town it's in. Oh. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, and there's a group of people called the Aquapim, a.k.a. A-W-K-A-P-I-M. Uh, the Aquapim uh -huh. are, are noted for their ability, uh, their botanical abilities, and the gardens are absolutely beautiful. It's so, un unbelievable. I, I, I yeah. was forced to spend some... I was real forced to spend some time there uh, several years ago, and uh, the Botanic Garden, I was real surprised at how many of our native plants that they use in Ghana, and how many of their native plants we use just sort of take for granted over here. Matter of fact, there's a brand new book coming out uh, this month, it's just out, uh, all about okra, and it's got a picture in it that I took of okra varieties in Ghana. Well, also uh, verbena, uh, which yeah. uh, thrives well well there, and there's something uh, that some people call Wondering You, but it's called yep. African Princess. It's called African yeah. Princess on the continent. It's beautiful. Yeah. It, uh, it also thrives well in very hot uh, weather, and it reproduces. So uh, it's kind of purplish, and, and it yep. uh, puts out a sort of pinkish flower. So yep. that also thrives well, yeah. Well, well, very, very good. Uh, did you, did you, did you bring any plants back? I know we're not supposed to, but I know you did. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'll I'm swap because I did. Too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for sharing all that. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Pre appreciate it, Shirley. <laughs>
Ghana, folks, is on, it's on the, uh, the west coast of Africa, and they have some wonderful botanic gardens there. Uh, let's go over to Greenwood, over, slide over into the Delta. Hey, Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, do you still have any cactuses now, Felder? I have lots of cacti, but more succulents and, and agaves and things like that. The, the only, I only grow maybe three different kinds of cactus. How oh. about you? Well, uh, I always like flowers and, and garden stuff, but uh, Mama gave me a cactus that I didn't like it because I thought it was so boring. And then uh, put it on the front porch and <laughs> forgot about it. And one day I looked up there and a gigantic flower jumped out of it, and I've been uh, fascinated by them ever since. I've got some now, but, uh, uh, you know, they usually die on me. How can I really, uh, you know, I, I, I bought this cactus planting stuff at the store, but, you know, they just didn't seem to do too well in it. Well, there's, there's uh, and I hate to overgeneralize because there are books and books and books, and I have many dozens of different kinds, but there's two basic kinds, those that grow outdoors and those that can't. And there's some that'll grow outdoors. They'll take the weather, but they won't take the rain. So if you you got to yeah. keep them in a pot that's got extra drainage. You know what perlite is? That white crunchy yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you'll add just a little, not much, just a little extra perlite to your potting soil, then the extra water will drain away, and that'll help a whole bunch. But some of mine I actually have to keep under the eave of the house so they don't get too much rain. Because a lot of these, again, they'll take. There's some cactus that'll take. 10 below zero, but they won't take our hot, muggy summers if it rains a lot. So so mostly it's a matter of... Yeah. yeah. And uh, there, there are some that are that are uh, highly treasured all over the world that grow out in West Texas and Oklahoma that, that thrive on 12, 14, 15 inches of rainfall a year. So that's the biggest problem is too much water and the, the perlite helps a lot on those. Well, I've had success lately. I just keep them on my front porch in the summer and, and the in the warm months, and I just bring them in, in and usually they yeah. do okay. Some of them just didn't like well, it in, you know. If if you'll send me a picture, a close-up picture of them sometime, I can put a name on, on most of them. And some of them actually prefer to be outside, and they need to be exposed to cold in the wintertime, or they don't bloom right. They'll survive, but some won't bloom until they've gone through what they think is the wintertime or, or a long drought period. But there's one here that grows here called the prickly pear. It'll grow really yep. well, and this woman, the Mexican lady here, she has gigantic ones all in her yard, so they look pretty yeah, nice. Yeah, so beautiful flowers, orange ones, yellow ones. I have one, yeah. by the way, that's smooth as a baby's butt. I mean, it doesn't have a single prickle on it, and uh, just a regular prickly pear cactus, but no thorns at all. Yeah. So... So anyway, send me a picture. Let's let's see if we can put a name on because I, I I love all different kind of cactus and substance. I have quite a few in containers and a few in the yard. So okay. send me send me some pictures. Uh-oh. All righty, appreciate. It. Yeah. All righty, thank you so much, folks. We've been talking about gardening. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and uh, between uh, Java Chapman and Liz Gill, who's being the phone greeter today, we have got another thirty minutes to talk about gardening. Uh, Java, do you think we need to go scoot to the music, or we got another phone call lined up? Well, I do like your um your cheesy tune for the day, but before that, let's go ahead and talk with uh, Shelly in Crystal Springs. All righty, hey Shelly, how are you? De- how are you doing, sweetie? Hi, Felder. I'm good. How are you? So far, so good. I'm enjoying it. Got almost up to uh, 58 degrees here yesterday. <laughs> oh, I'm so, so jealous, so jealous. <laughs> Sorry, well, I'm, what's up? I'm, call, I'm calling to promote one of the Capaya County Master Gardeners 
programs, and, uh, you know, I've fallen down on the job. I haven't been calling you and, and promoting us as much when things changed. Well, well y'all my, do a lot of stuff. Y'all do a lot we of are, stuff. What every you got month, coming up next? Every month. And I want to be sure to tell folks they can always visit the Kapaya County Master Gardeners Facebook page. Every month or something. Uh, but cool. this Thursday, June 13th at 6 p.m., we are having our first plant swap. And it's also oh, it's a <laughs> What? I, I love plant swaps. They're fantastic. I know. I know. It'll be so fun. But it's also a Know Your Plants educational program. So anybody can come. But if you want to participate in the plant swap, bring two or more plants or seeds to play. And you talk to the group about what your plan is and how to care for it. It's going to be Even great. if you don't... Even if you don't know the name of it, somebody will probably be able to come up with something to call it. Hey, somebody's got a smartphone. We can Google it, you know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> a matter of fact, uh, go, you know, email me with pictures because I'd like to play too, even though I'm not there. Awesome. Awesome. And it's hey, going to be at the Kapai County Extension Service just west of the Goldman exit, and there's going to be lots of food. Okay. Let me ask you this. Have you all figured out how you're going to do the swap itself? I don't know. I, I wasn't me, in on that. I, I, I have no okay. idea. Okay. Okay. Here's a way to do it. Every time somebody brings a plant, I would say for the swap itself, depending on how many people come, let them just enter one or two plants, and then the rest they can swap later because otherwise it gets real confusing. And put a popsicle stick or a piece of paper, something with a number on each plant, and then uh-huh. put the same numbers in a box and pass it around. And when people pull a number, whatever number they get, that's the plant they get. And that and if they it, and if they don't like it, they can swap after the meeting. That's when the real fun begins. Because the idea isn't to get or give plants. The idea is to mix weird people and weird plants together. That's awesome. That's awesome. Keep, keep it simple. I'm hoping to be there myself. Okay. Well, let me know how it goes. I, I love plant swaps. I've been doing it for a long time. And congratulations. Awesome. This starts at 6 or 6.30. It starts at 6 o'clock. I and gotcha. there's always there's always a bunch of food because we have our business meeting before that, and everybody brings and it's just it's like a buffet. It it, it really is. There are tons of food every time. All righty. Well, we need a scoop, lady. We need a scoop. Okay, Felder, give Susan a hug for me. I'll do it. Thank you so much, folks. We're going to take a real quick break and come back with more of the Gestalt Garden here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Java Chapman and Liz Gill and I and all the other folks at MPB, thank you for your support. And uh, in any way we can help y'all, best way we can do it is to join you every single week. So if you got something to talk about gardening-wise, give us a call when we come back from this cheesy tune. By the way, the tune is in honor of all the friends and allies of people who don't feel like they necessarily get along or fit in or belong to everything else. This next tune is just for those of us who need to know that it's okay to just be ourselves. Um, and that applies to gardening, too. Horticulture's Phil Rushing here at MPB. We'll be right back with more of your phone calls right after this. Greetings, Kermit the Frog here. And today I'd like to tell you a little bit about the color green. Uh, do you know what's green? Well, I am for one thing. You see, frogs are green, and I'm a frog, and that means I'm green, you see? It's not that easy being green. Having to spend each day the color of the leaves, 
when I think it could be nicer being red or yellow or gold or something much more colorful like that. It's not easy being green. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things. And people tend to pass you over because you're not standing out like flashy sparkles in the water or stars in the sky. But green's the color of spring. And green can be cool and friendly-like. And green can be big, like an ocean, or important, like a mountain, or tall, like a tree. When green is all there is to be, It could make you wonder why, but why wonder why wonder? I am green, and it'll do fine. It's beautiful, and I think it's what I wanna be. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we are talking about gardening. Uh, while we're uh, listening to that tune, I uh, checked an email that I got from Doressa Williams. She uh, works at the Biological Science uh, Department there at University of Southern Mississippi, and she has a jade plant that she repotted, and it looks good. The leaves look great. The stems are fine, but down at the base, it feels mushy, and it's just not looking good. Here's a problem with jade plants and other succulents that have stems on them. If they stay wet a little too long or too often, uh, they, their cells just simply can't, uh, can't, can't handle it. And they'll, uh, they'll get oversaturated and they'll rot at the soil line or close to it. So what I recommend, and I've done many, I cannot tell you how many succulents I've, ri- I've rooted, uh, both stems and leaves, is uh, they, they, they like regular potting soil. They don't mind staying moist, but that wet is what gets them. So I add a little extra perlite, that little white crunchy stuff called perlite, to help the extra water drain away, and that helps a lot. And then I let them get almost completely dry before I water them again. I don't keep them moist. I certainly don't keep them wet. But here's the thing. If your jade starts to rot off at the uh, – uh, I tell you what, rather than that, let's just talk to Doressa herself. Hey, Doressa, what are you doing calling after I just emailed you? Yeah, I was just <laughs> I was just <laughs> anxious to hear the answer. Um, yeah, I just so, I just emailed you. That was quick. Oh, <laughs> anyway, let, let me ask you about your jade. You say you say it looks fine, but it's mushy down the lower stem. Right. It, the leaves are still green and lush and deep green, but the stem right above the soil is like kind of a mushy brown. Yeah, and it's yeah, been that's about bad. four weeks since I've well, transplanted it, it into a pot. Well, if you don't do something soon, it's going to collapse and die. I've, I've done this many times. I've had a jade. I can't tell you how long. But here's the deal. You could take, is it a very big jade plant? No, it's small. 
Well, you can still cut it off. Believe it or not, you can cut it completely off above the mushy area into nice, firm, crisp. You know, it's not going to be crisp as a carrot, but more than celery, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Anyway, cut it off uh-huh. into a crisp area and then let it lay it on a shelf out of the sun and let it completely dry for two or three weeks. Believe it or not, oh, let it dry okay. out. And the, 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 ends, the end of it will seal off and, 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 and callous over and then put it in okay. some potty soil and keep it moist but not wet. But you can reroot them. Uh, just, just mm, don't, okay. don't cut them and stick them right in dirt. Let them, dr- let the ends of it dry out for a couple of three weeks before you repot it. It is hard okay. for you to do it, but that's what the plant wants. That sounds good. That sounds good. Okay, send me some pictures. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, you sent me a picture of some of the sedums that you grow. Oh, no, you, you, you sent the names I of will. some sedums. I will. Uh, do that. I'll send some back too. Thank you, lady. <laughs> Thank you. All right, appreciate it. Ooh, now that's fast turnaround there, Java. That is some fast turnaround. She e- emails me, and while I'm sending her an email back, she calls. How about that? Yeah, that was that was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> but now, now, <laughs> they're, just, they're, they're keeping us on our toes is what they're doing. And another one's going to keep you on your toes uh, about a, 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 a agave. I can't even pronounce it. Is, um, is that from is, Covington? Yeah, Polly from Covington. Okay. Hey, hey, Polly, thank you for calling. What's up, lady? Hey, yeah, I heard you mention agaves, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to get mine to grow better and faster, although they're so slow growing. Is it yeah. is it better to cut the pups away from the mother plant? Oh, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care at all. Not at all. Those pups are going to just sort of sit there and sit there and sit there. When the mother plant gets old enough and it blooms, it will completely deflate, and all that water will go into the pups. That's what happens. Oh, so okay. it really doesn't have to. Yeah, you really can't make them grow faster. If you push it with fertilizer or you push it with water, you're likely to kill it. I mean, they okay. they just take their time. That's all it okay. is. To by the way, I've got a couple of agaves, uh, Polly, on on in my front yard. A couple of real agaves. I also got some big metal ones that I spray painted, and you can't tell the metal ones from the real ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look into it, that. It, is, your, is yours one of the solid grade or is it one with stripes on it? No, it's solid. Yeah. It's just good. To, it, it's not called sensory plant for nothing. Oh, I, I hear you. Okay. okay well, good. Well, that's going to save me some work then. Can I give you a suggestion on something that will help the time pass by and make you smile? Yeah. Get, uh, t- get, go to a florist shop and get some silk flowers and stick them on the ends of those those stickers. Some little white <laughs> silk flowers, some something like that. Or or you can you can even take a neighbor of mine who's got wine corks stuck on the on the, the the ends. But you you know anything you put on the ends will just gust it up and the plant doesn't care. Feels a little bit extra pretty as a matter of fact. It won't hurt it to to stick those no. things on. Okay. No. Well, good. The, the, well, that that's yeah. on my to do list. <laughs> Okay, have your neighbors going to talk about you? But you grow an agave in the front yard; they can talk anyway. That's right. I don't care. <laughs> okay, re- relax. Okay, thank you, Felder. Okay, Polly. Oh boy, I'm, there's some strange calls today. Strange calls, and I don't know if the moon is right or whatever. But anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven M. PB ring. If you want to chat about whatever's going on in your garden mind, I'd be glad to, to chat with you. Let's slide up to Fulton, up towards North Mississippi, and talk to Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. Good morning. Howdy. What's going on? Well, I have a 
I, ha- I just moved, and I have this huge bush that finally bloomed, and I'm told that it is a Rose of Sharon. And yeah, I, probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I just wanted to share that, you know, it's finally blooming, uh, you know, anyway. What, um, what color think, is it? What color is it? Uh, it's, I guess you'd call it a, a mauve color, because it's a, yeah. I thought it was going to be dark, I thought it was going to be a dark purple, and it's not. It's, it's more of a lighter yeah. Lighter well, here's, here's, here's something. By the way, if you want to Google it, uh, uh, Rose of Sheridan is also called, uh, it's a type of hibiscus. Some people call it Althea, but it's, okay. a, it's really a hard, and it'll grow up in the Canada, so don't feel like you, and it'll grow in Texas, so don't feel like you get a water to push or anything. But if you want to thin out some of the, some of the lower limbs and make it more of a sturdy plant, it'll be, mm-hmm. it, they, they tend to have a lot of stems on them, but it's a great old-fashioned heirloom plant. And it's named after the Rose of Sharon because it's native to the plains of Sharon from the Old Testament. It's called the Rose of Sharon. Oh, cool. How about that? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I hope you're yeah. having a good time over in in Chatsworth or wherever. <laughs> yeah, well, I was yeah, I was I was down at that flower show yesterday. I'm up in Lancashire now, up near Yorkshire, up up in north. Oh, you head out just peak, a little while. Oh, you, you said you were in the Peak District. That that's yeah, uh, yeah. Well, have fun. All right. All righty. Thank you much, and enjoy. And by the way, you can root cuttings of that this winter and share with other people. Just want to throw that out. Okay. Thank you. That, you bet, Rebecca. Appreciate it. All righty, folks, talking about gardening today. Uh, I got an interesting email the other day. Um, it, it, I, thought, I thought it was worth sharing. Uh, um, Maggie Garrett from Kosciuszko has centipedes coming in her house. Every time it rains or turns real dry, she has all these. She says there's thousands of them. Uh, centipedes are in the same family, not family, they're the same class of creatures as roly-polies. They're like big, long, skinny roly-polies. And what they eat for a living, the kind we have, they're really millipedes. They're not so much centipedes. But anyway, they have, uh, they, they eat organic debris, uh, leaves, grass clippings, things like that. When weather's bad, they move to higher ground. It's a seasonal thing. If you have problems with it, really, it's not going to do any good to spray or poison them because they can't help themselves. What you need to do is just simply... Uh, you just need to simply go ahead and sweep them out, put them back outside. Anyway, uh, Java, I think you said that we got us another caller on the line. Yeah, we um lighting up for this uh, last little section of the show. We got um Sharon in uh Collinsville. Okay, hey Sharon, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank y'all for being there. Sure. Oh, What's up? Sorry. Felder on okay. my snowball tree and on two um oh all these trees are old. And on my pecan trees and on my um, pear, ornamental pear trees, there's like a silver sticks to the limb. You usually see it happen in the shade, and it's like it's just killing all the trees. Is there anything I can it's do? Get, with- is, is it kind of frilly-looking stuff? I'm sorry? Is it kind of a frilly? Does it stand out, or is it just patchy? Yeah, off? it's kind of frilly, and it sticks. Yeah. You yeah. try to peel it off, you know, and then the yeah, whole limb well, he, he, Here's the deal on those. Those are actually not hurting your plant. They're called lichens. Started as Lichen. L-I-C-H-E-N, and uh, they grow on rocks and tombstones and iron bridge railings. I mean, so you know they're not hurting those. But when they grow real thick on a plant, they're telling us that that part of the plant is not growing very well. Uh, they're the symptom that the plant needs to be fertilized or 
pruned or thinned out or something. They're the symptom, not the cause of a plant that's growing poorly or even parts of it dying. But if they're growing on a rock or a tombstone, you know that they're not hurting those. So they're the symptom. And the little fertilizer maybe thin out some of the branches to reinvigorate the plants. That's all it is. It doesn't okay. hurt them at all. I'm so glad you told me. I will try the fertilizer. Yes. And could it be that over 10 years there's so much shade in the yard that the plants aren't happy with all the shade? Anything that causes the plant, you know, normally as a plant grows in length, it grows in diameter, and that usually shucks or sheds these things off. Rock can't get rid of them, but plants will shed them or shuck them. So if they're getting crushed, they're telling the plant's not enlarging very much. It's not growing. So, you know, any, any kind of stress, drought, okay. rain, bad dirt, anything, like, anything you do to just sort of spruce them up. And get them back into vigor, and those things, they're sort of like badges of honor. And keep in mind, reindeer eat those, so it's nice to have them around just in case of the weather change. How about that? Well, thank you so much. You're a wealth of knowledge, and I'll go play in the soft dirt and try to pull some weeds up. Y'all okay. have a great Good. weekend. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people who tell you, who say, well, you can spray this, you can spray that. No, I don't sell stuff, folks. This is what I do. I just, you know, a lot of the problems in my yard, if I just take my glasses off, they just tend to disappear. Hey, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Let's go over to Covington and talk to William. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Howdy. Is this William? Willa. Willa. Okay. Sorry. My bifocals. Java sending me texts, and my bifocals are interfering with everything. What's up, Willa? Well, I'm visiting um, from Houston, and I'm at Polly's. Polly called in a little while ago. And okay, so t- you well, team tagging Felder. I have a question for you about amaryllis. I was okay. given bulbs of amaryllis probably 35 years ago, and the mother plant is still in a large pot, but I have planted so many seeds that she has produced, and I probably have 50 amaryllis plants now. Now, and I give them away. It's one of my things that I give to friends. And the mother plant and the older plants have, I think it's called rust, or the the leaves have rusty dark. Yeah, there's little streaks in there. And unfortunately, there's not much you can do about that. There are some sprays you can use, but you have to put them on the new leaves before they get infected because uh, the sprays are preventative, not a cure. Now, there are some viruses that will get in plants. You can't get rid of those. This sounds more like one of the street, rust street type things. And just, you know, the, the new growth, before it starts getting this in the spring, spray that and see if that doesn't help. Or else just ignore it. It's not going to kill your plants. Well, I, I, I sprayed it with a copper base, a copper spray of some kind. Yeah, right, right. And I'm, but, I, 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 then I left town, so I'm not sure yeah, if but, it helps. But, 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 but again, once, the, once an individual leaf gets infected, there's nothing you can do about that. The sprays are on uninfected leaves to get them from, keep them from getting. It's like putting a raincoat on. You do it before it rains, not after it rains. Right, so, but what I do yeah. is I'll go around and pull the ones that look like I'll pull them off and throw them away. The ones that yeah, look like that, they have that, on them. And, and, and that works. That works like a charm because it's not anything practical you can do. Again, you have to spray way ahead before the stuff ever starts showing up, and most people aren't going to fool with that. Well, so I, I think you probably get. Can I no, no, what? Throughout the summer? 
it, it, the sprays only pr- protect the new growth from getting infected. So, you know, you, you could. But, okay. you know, I, I don't know if it's practical. It's going to be expensive. But I tell you what, now this, this is something that I can help with. I got real good friends, by the way, in Houston who work up at a, a place, a garden center in Tomball, if you know what that is. Oh, I know where Tomball is. Uh-huh. Well, they, they got a real cool garden center there. And I, I, I was just out there about three weeks ago. But anyway, I got a lot of friends in the area. And if you'll shoot me an email with a picture of it, I can nail exactly what it is, and we can sort of narrow down what you, if you want to spray the best time for it. Okay. If you, when, 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 yeah, yeah. When you get back home, just take a good, clear close up with your with your camera and email it to me. I'll give the email address in just a second, and that way we can take it from oh, there. Polly has it. Polly, Polly has the email address. Okay. All righty. Okay. Well, we appreciate your call, Willa. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. All righty. Okay, now we've got a call from Jesse, and it sounds like Jesse is in Miami. What Miami would that be, Jesse? Miami, Florida. Well, what are you doing that, calling in all that way? That's a long ways from home. Yeah, well, yeah, I listened to you. I found you on Saturday. And, okay. Uh, then, then I heard that you were on this time of day, so every week I turn it in to you. And I'd like oh, well, to know, you know Gene Warner, the one that has the uh, rainforest down here? I, I do. As a matter of fact, I, I visited eight uh, botanic gardens uh, in the Miami and South area uh, back in January. Perfect, beautiful weather. But I've been all over the botanic gardens all over there. Look, he has that rainforest up there in uh, Broward County. Right, right. And I like, like I, I've been, yep. So uh, he, comes, what, he comes on uh, Saturday or Sunday from uh, right seven, from right. seven to nine. He comes on right. eight eighty to his. Right when he well he he custom makes he customizes his advice for South Florida, which is really really good, you know. And I'm I'm sort of a general. I try to stick with the upper Gulf Coast and the lower and the mid South. But uh, he's great for for the local advice. That's what folks like us do. There's different folks in in Houston and San Diego, everywhere. There's folks like me, and we just try to custom make our our advice. So, is this something I can help you with? No, no, because a lot of things I hear that you're growing, we grow down here too. Right, so. right. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't realize that there's plants that grow in Canada, they grow in Florida, and vice versa. But you can't grow hostas down in Florida, and where hostas grow, they can't grow. Uh, the peacock gingers, which are just like South Florida hostas. So we sort of sometimes have to make substitutions. Okay, it's been a pleasure, and I get an enjoyment out of listening to you every day. Well, or every I, I appreciate Saturday now. I appreciate you so much sharing that with us. Thank you, Jesse. Appreciate it. Stay cool. All righty, now let's talk to, is this Levine? Who, who, who is this I'm talking with? It is. Levine, how, where are you from? I'm from Jackson. Okay, well, what can I help you with? Well, I'm afraid I'm killing my daughter's plants. I'm supposed to be houseplant keeping, and my Oops. dog has knocked over a corn plant and another one of the vines, and I have tried to repot them, but mm-hmm. the leaves are just, just turning yellow, and I don't know what to do. Well, if if they if they turn if you turned it over and repotted it, you might be keeping a little bit too wet. Now, what happens is when you when you water a plant, it stays too wet. It might take it a week or two or three for those leaves to start showing the symptoms. So it might be that whatever you did, 
it's already passed. The main thing is try not to keep them too wet. Don't put them out in the full sun because they'll sunburn just like people. But the main thing is let them get almost dry before you water them. Too much water will rot the roots, and that shows up in the leaves uh, several days or a couple of three weeks later. So that would be the first. Uh, it, 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 wouldn't, it would not hurt to on the corn plant to go ahead and cut some of those leaves off or cut them back with a pair of scissors. This is kind of normal. Even out in the jungles, the older leaves turn bad and fall off. So, uh, Livy, as, as long as it's got healthy new leaves on the ends of the branches, I wouldn't worry at all. And if you cut some off, maybe she won't even notice when she gets home. Or maybe I can just go and find one that kind of looks like it. Oh, no, no, that won't work. That's like swapping out a puppy or a kitten. She'll <laughs> notice that. The main thing, just the, if it's the lower leaves that are turning bad, that's kind of normal when they go through some stress. The older leaves are the first to shed. I'm looking at one of my plants right now, and the older leaves look terrible. But the new leaves are fine, and that's what we look for. Just try, try not to kind of neaten it up a little bit and try not to keep it too wet. Thank you. All right, appreciate it, and good luck when she gets home. <laughs> Oh, boy, this has been a rockin' and rollin' program this morning. It's been We've been all over the place today. That's okay. That's what we try to do here, try to localize it and personalize it. Uh, I've written 18 books, and I can make your eyes bleed with stupid detail about stuff you don't really need to know. But I love being on this program because I get stumped all the time. And I'm the, I'm the kind of expert. It doesn't matter if I get stumped because it just means I can learn something. That's okay. Hey, the Gaston Gardener is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcast. We call it Think Radio, and I have to think. My producer is a laid-back but hard-working Java Chapman. Our phone greeter today has been Liz Gill. She's also a producer at MPB. And uh, I'm your host, Felder Rushing. I'm going to be thinking about my garden in the Mississippi, hoping to get some good soaking rain, hoping that anybody within listening distance has the sense to find some kids and take them to a garden center or a farmer's market and show them some things that you're not going to learn just sitting around the house playing on your little handheld computer. Take them out and show what we do best, and that's get dirty. I'm going to take a week-long break and get back with y'all next week about my latest adventures. Again, horticulture, field of Russian. Y'all try to stay cool and moist. See ya.